Welcome, one and all, to the I Didn't Know That podcast. Okay, so it's uh, kind of the middle of the night. Not sure what time it is actually. Um, I'm wearing a long, long pants, long sleeve shirt. I've got a uh, flashlight strapped to my head and a hat, and um, carrying a bucket. And I'm walking along these tall trees, maybe 20, 30 meters high above me, and um, stopping at each tree here to uh, tip into my bucket some uh, of this white, sticky, sappy stuff. And uh, that uh, the bucket's uh, slowly getting full, so um, there's a long line of trees here. Um, like I said, it's kind of the middle of the night, dark out, and there's a few few of us out here doing this. Um, the bucket gets heavy after a while, so, uh, but there's, uh, about 100 meters back, we have a, uh, uh, we have a, uh, pickup truck, an old truck, and I carry the bucket back, and when it gets full, I dump stuff into it. Um, it's not raining, so that's good at least. As you may have guessed from the podcast title, that is what it's like to work as a farm labor on a rubber tree plantation. Rubber. It's something I knew nothing about until I came to be in southern Thailand. Rubber is all around us. There are literally millions of things made out of rubber. We've rubber gloves, rubber boots, rubber bands, rubber on our shoes, rubber mats, rubber tires, that's 50% of all rubber, rubber hoses, rubber gaskets, and, well, you get the idea, rubber in our homes, our cars, where we work, where we play. Yet until Thailand, I knew nothing about rubber, other than the vague notion that it probably came from trees, right? Something I should know more about. A one-hour flight from Bangkok and then a further 45-minute drive brought me to the heart of Thailand's rubber industry. From the air, it was clear to see huge swaths of land with precisely planted rows of rubber tree. Friends connected me to 65-year-old Kun Lung, who owns a rubber plantation in Surat Thani province of southern Thailand. Kun Lung has worked with rubber all his life and was kind enough to allow me to tag along one morning to tell us about his livelihood. Here's what Kun Lung had to say, which of course I've needed explained. The southern Thai dialect is challenging to follow, even for some native Thai speakers. I've interspersed some of my own research and observations along with what Kun Lung shared. <laughs> So, early before the sun comes up, we must go to collect the sap, or latex, from the fields. Later, at about 8 a.m., we will come back to prepare the trees for the next night of collection, scoring the bark and tapping the tree, and hanging a small clay bowl from the trunk to collect the drips. 
It can take two to three days before the latex will fill the... The workers make about 300 or 400 baht per day, which is about 10 US dollars. We rotate through different fields where we have staggered the collection schedule, so the workers are out every night year-round. To create a rubber tree farm uh, in the beginning, first we'll need to plant the saplings about 5 to 7 meters apart. There needs to be about 20 square meters around each tree. There can be up to 80 trees in one field of a farm. Trees generally live 50 or 60 years before they stop producing enough latex. They are then cut, the wood is sold, and the land is allowed to sit for a short time before planting new trees. Seeds are first grown to 50 centimeters, then planted into fertilized soil pouches until they reach 2.5 meters in height. They are then ready to be transplanted into the ground. We then need to wait about seven years for the trees to grow and be ready to produce latex. So we need to plan finances carefully to have enough savings to last those seven years without the revenue from that field. The temperature needs to be about 30 degrees Celsius year-round. As the trees grow, we must add fertilizer, clean the land, and we must water the trees during the dry season. Not a lot of water is needed for rubber trees. Suratani receives about 1.8 meters, which is over 6 feet, of rain per year. The bulk of it during the monsoon season of July through November. And located about 8 degrees north of the equator, the province has the correct temperature. As well, the soil is incredibly rich, and there's no need to rest fields for much time between crops. Prices for rubber used to be as high as 170 baht per kilogram of raw latex. Now it's down to 35 baht as global demand has dropped and more industries are turning to synthetic alternatives. Farmers do receive subsidies from the Thai government when prices drop, but the support doesn't fully make up for the fall in revenue, and since 2015 prices have not come back up. Many farmers are now opting to change to durian, a much more lucrative cash crop. There is a high demand in Chinese markets for Thai durian, considered the best in the world. As I traveled through Suratani province, this transformation was evident, and it was easy to find what used to be rubber tree fields now leveled and cleared and young durian trees growing instead. A single durian tree can produce about 20 of the foul-smelling fruit, the size of a watermelon, but three times as heavy with a coarse drab green skin that's thick and spiked. Each fruit can sell for 1,000 baht, or about 30 US dollars. So that's 600 US dollars per tree per year, and a farm can have a thousand durian trees. I also noticed palm oil plantations aplenty, and this is another cash crop farmers are switching to. Palm oil grows incredibly fast and produces the oily fruits continuously, providing a steady stream of income. Whether it's rubber, palm or durian, however, the environmental issues are similar. Ecosystem disruption, massive watering needs, especially for durian, and the risk of monoculture agriculture.
Kunlung has opted to stick with the rubber, not wanting to cut down his trees in the prime of their latex life. With 60-plus years of experience behind him, he knows the pitfalls of switching too quickly as the fat day may fade tomorrow. He makes enough to get by. He doesn't need to live a life of luxury. His home is not air-conditioned. He drives a basic Toyota Altus and can count his possessions quickly. He's happy and is surrounded by friends and family. He has his health, and Thailand has universal free health care. He doesn't need to worry about that. I'd like to thank Kunlung for his time and hospitality, and Kungade for the translation help. On the I Didn't Know That podcast page, I've uploaded some images, including one of Kunlung, and map links to some of the places I visited in making this episode. As always, I really appreciate your thoughts and feedback. I put a lot of time into researching the details, but if I've made a misstep, let me know. You can reach out on Twitter at I Didn't Know That 5, or you can leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash I Didn't Know That. We listen to all the voicemails and might include yours in an upcoming episode. You can also reach out to us at I Didn't Know That.buzzsprout.com. Thanks. 